Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special edition of Lawrence Talks Podcast. I'm your host, David Tamez, and today I'm going one-on-one with City Commission candidate Brad Finkeldye. Brad, thank you for joining me here today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And before we begin, I would like to remind those listening that you can find this podcast on our website, lawrencetalks.org, as well as Apple iTunes and Spotify. Okay. So I I have a few questions that um, aren't going to concern policy that much, aren't going to concern um, specific initiatives that that you're looking forward to exploring, uh, at least not directly. Okay. Um, but these is, these are more question, general questions about your your sort of governing approach, your decision making process, and um, and the sort of things that you're going to take into consideration when you're a city commissioner. Sounds good. Um, and so the first question uh, is is more of a, a uh, question about your experience and your background um, and how you plan to utilize your uh, experience or apply things you've. you've Come, come by in your, in your background and your past experience um, as a city commissioner? Sure, that's a great question. You know, there's a, a couple parts of my background that I think will be, be useful. The, probably the least useful, but worth mentioning is I am an attorney and I do a lot of um, governmental type work in my, my law practice. And uh, I represent quite a few public entities. For example, I represent the school district and several about six school districts. And so um, I have some experience in the kind of public policy realm uh, from a legal side. But um, that's probably the least important of my background as, as serving on the city commission because from the legal side, you tell people what their options are, and then you let someone else decide. <laughs> and as a city commissioner, you get to be the one to make the decision <laughs> after hearing the advice. Um, I did serve um, six years on the planning commission, from 2006 to 2012, Mike Amix appointed me to the Planning Commission, and I thought that was a pretty invaluable experience um, to learn how to interact with the public, to you know interact with staff, interact with other members on the board, how to work together to come up with the decisions. Learned a lot about the community, um, learned a lot about planning and zoning and codes. And so to me, that's probably the most useful background that I have. Um, but I've also spent a lot of years serving on many nonprofit boards. And, and, and to me, that's probably the most valuable experience. I've served 18 years on the Ballard Center Board. I've served for the last nine on the Family Promise Board, served as president as both of those, you know, served on the Red Cross Board, served on a lot of boards. Um, but in those experiences, I was able to work with people from all over the community um, to work together to give advice to um, you know executive directors and to come together uh, unified around some common good you know family promise obviously housing um, work together on that and so I've learned a lot about a lot of the um, inner workings of how the city operates not I don't mean city government I mean how the city operates um, you know how people help each other how people in need reach out for services how we can work with our homeless um, and our churches and our social service agencies and how we can come together to make this a, be- a good place to live. And, and that's really why um, I think those experiences I want to bring to the city commission. I, I've worked with lots and lots of people over the years, and I want to bring them 
into the fold and have the city commissioner be a partner in solving some of these problems, not kind of be on the outside, you know, tossing money every once in a while or, right. or denying money every once in a while, but rather be part of a larger group of people working together to make this a great place to live. And you mentioned that uh, you, you thought that your experience as a lawyer was uh, not the most important piece of your background. Um, but one, one thing that I, I would think that, or anybody might think it would be important for, uh, or that being a lawyer might bring to the job of a city commission is that making and uh, critiquing arguments. Right. Uh, in part, in part, part of your job as a city commissioner might involve uh, bringing consensus on a particular issue, um, and it seems like being a lawyer might help in in help bringing a good consensus. I, I certainly think that part of being a lawyer w will will be part of that. I think the other um, part of being a lawyer is I've learned to listen really well, hmm. L listen to people, and not. Um, and try to understand where they're coming from, not just listen to the words they're saying per se, but understand why is this person so angry? Why can't we resolve this? You know, it might be about something on the surface, a neighbor, neighbor dispute, um, and they're mad about a fence, for example. Sometimes it's about the fence, but often it's about something else. Right. And, and really digging in and listening to people and understanding people and then working towards a consensus to solve that problem yeah, those are certainly skills that'll be helpful. And uh, this is might this might get a little abstract, but I think um, it's worth for for our purpose for our purposes here at Lawrence Talks and uh, for those listening, it might be worth discussing a little bit. Um, as a city commissioner, you're you're looking for something particular when you're deciding whether to um, support a policy or to not support one. Um, and sometimes this is about what the commissioner, the particular person, thinks is the just thing to do. Um, and I was wondering if you uh, could discuss uh, as much as you can what you think justice means um, and how you might think that um, will play out as, as in your role as a city commissioner. Yeah, I think that's a, a very important topic and a topic that, you know, thankfully has gained a, a lot more notoriety um, or discussion, I guess notoriety is probably the wrong word, but a lot more discussion in the last um, several years um, in the city in, in a couple aspects. One, of course, you had Justice Matters as a group come together to talk a lot about justice. You've had the health equity report and that the health department has put out. And in both cases, those entities have, you know, have raised the issue that, you know, justice is a lot different than equality and that... You, many of your listeners might have seen that kind of famous picture now that is shown around the community a lot about three people trying to look over the a fence mm -hmm. while standing on boxes. Yeah. And if you just give them each a box, um, that might be equal, but that doesn't mean it's justice. Right. Um, and I, and, I, and I've, I, I've taken that to heart in, in, in lots of ways in that, um, you know, I, I do believe that we have to figure out ways to reach an outcome and and it's not necessarily about everyone being treated equally. It's about an outcome um, that is just in the end. And certainly from my work at, at Family Promise um, and at the Ballard Center, um, you know, 
were very, what we say, outcome-focused, right? I mean, the goal of Family Promise is to get people housed. And some people, in those circumstances, you know, we might get them housed in 30 days. Some might take nine or 10 months. Um, some might take longer. But we're going to get them housed, and that's permanently housed. Um, and, and that is what we need to accomplish. You know, at the, the Ballot Center, we do a lot with early education, and the idea is that every kid deserves high-quality education, no matter their, their income and background, and that the studies show that, that kids who receive early education, quality early education, will do better in life, perform better um, in life, and especially if they have any other trauma in their background. So, again, this idea that we um, work with all people to get them to an outcome is, is what's important to me, and I think that's what the health equity report from the, from the Douglas County Health Department is about, too. We need to focus on how do we make, um, do better with health outcomes like, you know, you know, life expectancy, for example. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. So you have to attack a lot of it, a lot of different ways, but we need a just outcome there, um, and that's what we have to work on. Okay. And do you... Um, one issue that, that came up uh, through at least the, the hub decision um, was this possibility or this perception that at least those who... Um, in, on the, in the party of those who didn't agree with the hub decision made by the city commission, it was argued that part of that part of what influenced them, rightly or wrongly, was public uh, opinion. That that there are bunch, there are tons of people there at, at that when that decision was being made, um, and local government understandably has to take in. Uh, public opinion to some extent. Um, how important to you, or I guess if you can talk about or discuss that, uh, the importance of public opinion, um, and how how do you uh, anticipate dealing with uh, when when you disagree with the public opinion? Um, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and I think I would distinguish two things. One, I would say... Um, Public opinion is, is important, for sure. Public opinion is important, and I want to hear public opinion. But that is different than the people who show up on a Tuesday night mm. and express their opinion, right? Um, and, and I learned that a lot when I was on the planning commission. Now, it was, it was a smaller level in many cases than the hub. Of course, the hub went to the planning commission, not when I was on there. But let's take an example of... You know, um, it's happened recently. But take an example of, you know, someone wanting to tear down a house in a neighborhood and three people show up, the two neighbors and the person who lives across the street, right? They're very vocal. Um, it affects their house, right? They, 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 live, they live right next to the thing, um, whatever it is. Well, yeah, that that they're going to be vocal. They're going to care a lot about it, and they're going to they're going to show up. But there's 97,000 other people who live in the town, and just because three people show up, I don't expect 97,000 people to show up and say something different. Right. Um, so, you know, as I, as I spent my six years on the planning commission, 
I came to to a little better understanding that just like you and me, what causes you to get up and go down to City Hall at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night and sit there for three hours usually is something you care very passionately about. Um, and typically it's because it affects your house. But sometimes it's like the hub. That wasn't, you know, people that live next door to that. But in many cases, um, it's the passionate people that show up. And But you have to think about the bigger community. You know, someone wants to put an apartment complex in. Well, if you live right next door to it, you might come out and say, I don't want an apartment complex next to me. On the other hand, you know, we need affordable housing. We need places for the students to live. We need places for everyone to live. And it's zoned for that. So even though 10 people speak against it, you know, we might have to approve that for the good of the community. So I think my time on the Planning Commission taught me that public opinion is important, and that, but the people who show up on a particular evening aren't necessarily the, the full context of the public opinion. Now, sometimes they could be. Um, and I think the hub, the bigger the issue, the more likely you are to get people out. Um, but, um, I mean, I think I can, I mean, my, my job and one of the things I think is the advantage of me living here for so long and knowing so many people and being involved on so many boards um, and being involved in the community is that I'll be able to get public opinion from folks who don't come out on Tuesday night. Um, as well as listening to the people show up on Tuesday night. I mean, I'm not discounting their opinion by any stretch because they probably have the most knowledge because it does matter to them. But I think we have to look at public opinion as a bigger whole. Gotcha. And, and I think another um, issue that, that really came out, at least in, in, my, in my mind and one that we were concerned with in a, in a previous podcast, um, was what this was saying about the, what people thought about Lawrence. Uh, what sort of image and vision they had for for the city of Lawrence? Yes, um, and so I, I, I pose this to you: is like what vision do you have, or what idea do you have of uh, Lawrence as a city, um, and how is that something you would like? You think that should be taken into account to make sure that any decision we that you make is consistent with its history, its its narrative, and the picture that people tend to have of it. Um, or should we should we should we even be concerned with those sort of uh, those things? Oh no, I think we definitely need to be concerned with those sorts of things and what the vision what what we see as a vision of Lawrence. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that again, you know, what the larger picture of Lawrence um, is, I think, is vital. I mean, I think. Um, that's what we have to consider. And I think, you know, the hub as an example was interesting because most of the people, you know, th there was a debate going on in the hub discussion of, you know, some people wanted to frame it as, do we want people living downtown? Do we mm -hmm. want more people living downtown? Right. Well, if that's the question, a lot of people say yes. Well, yeah, we want, I mean, some people answer that question no. But I would say the majority of the people say yes, if that's the question. People but living downtown. I think the business owners wanted some more traffic uh, yes. in that area. Yeah. So then you say, but then you have, you know, some people frame the question, you know, do we want a six-story building across the street from the, from the courthouse? Right. Well, if that's the question you're asking, right, people answer that question a lot differently. 
Um, but then you had this you had this convergence or this divergence is better. People saying we want more people living downtown and we don't want a six-story building. Well, does that mean the people who don't want the six-story building don't want people downtown? Not necessarily. They just don't want a six-story building, right. right? And then you had another component of, you know, some people argue we don't want six floors of students living downtown or um, high expensive students living downtown. You know, we want affordable housing or we don't want students downtown. Well, that was a whole different question. Um, and so I do think, you know, going back to one of your earlier points about being a lawyer, I think, you know, to me what is fascinating about that is you had people arguing three or four different versions of what they thought this vote meant, what, what got them passionate. I mean, if the, question, if the question on a Tuesday night was, should more people live downtown, three people would have showed up, yeah. right? I mean, people aren't passionate about that. And if the question was, the only question was, should we put an, you know, quote, ugly six-story building across from the courthouse, that would have been probably a pretty easy decision, too. But now you have two visions fighting each other, um, two big questions, and that's where you started to get this... Um, you know, you, you started to get this um, um, controversy. My opinion was, my opinion is most people in this town want more people living downtown. Most people in the town don't want a six-story structure in that location. Mm -hmm. um, to me, the battle was lost long before we got to that night. Okay. You know, that, that we needed to find a way to, we can accomplish both those things. We yeah. can accomplish both of those things. But when you get to that evening in one night, you know, um, you know, it did, I mean, it did not surprise me when, it, you know, the, the vote failed, um, regardless of how many people showed up. But it also doesn't surprise me that a lot of people showed up because of that. And the people who were there supporting it I think we're arguing, as I said, a much different argument. They were arguing, do we want people downtown? You right. know? And, and that, you had a real conflict there. So I do think vision's important, but I also think framing it and understanding what the real issues are are very important. Yeah, because it, it seemed like uh, it, it wasn't just one, uh, or it, it guess the job of a city commissioner is to take all those positions and see in way which one seems to be the most important. Yes. Uh, and, right, it's like, yes, you, you could, like, we want more people living downtown, um, but can we do so by not bringing in a six-story apartment complex, or can we accomplish that in, any, in, in, in other ways? Yeah. And if we can, it seems like that you should give less weight to that, uh, that idea or that... Uh, preference to have more people live downtown compared yeah, the, to the other ones. The, 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 the issue that, the, the biggest issue kind of like that when I was on the planning commission, um, this was probably 2010 or so, was, you know where the Theodore Lawrence is on 6th and Wakarusa? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. They wanted to, Lowe's wanted to build oh. there. Okay. And um, a lot of people wanted to Lowe's. Um, I like Lowe's, you know, um, and 
and the east, I mean, the west side over there, right, you don't have very many locations to go buy lumber or screws. You know, you have mm. to go all the way around to where the Home Depot is, or at the time there was Payless, and, um, or before that there was Payless. You have a few Ace Hardwares down at Sixth and Castle is your closest one. Yeah. So if you live at Sixth and Wakarusa, or even west of Sixth and Wakarusa, either you have to get on the SLT and go all the way down to South Iowa, or you wanted, you know, you had to go down to Sixth and Castle. And so anyway, the, the point was people wanted the Lowe's. And if they framed the argument, you know, do we want a Lowe's in West Lawrence? Most people say, of course we do. But the, argue, the other argument was, do we want a Lowe's right in front of Free State High School, mm. right behind you know, um, what's going to be a commercial strip. At the at the time, you know, Starbucks wasn't there and Taco Bell wasn't there. There's was nothing there, right? right. W- was that the right location, Sixth and Wakarusa, is that the right location for Lowe's? And the vote came down that, uh, and I voted not to put the Lowe's there. Um, not because I didn't want the Lowe's, but I didn't think that was the right location for the Lowe's. And, uh, and the opponents rightfully said at the time, well, if you vote this down, you won't have a Lowe's for many, many years, and it's been nine years, and there's still no Lowe's out there. Yeah. A Walmart came later, but um, anyway, my point is that, you know, like you said, sometimes um, we had lots of people show up at that meeting. You said, this is yes or no for Lowe's, and other people said, this is yes or no for the location, and I, and I think you, ha- you have those competing values that you always have to take into cons- consideration. Okay. Um, and and this is a question that is slightly um, change of gears here. Um, there's this idea, or there's this uh, at, at times when we when a city commissioner or anyone in the government passes a policy, um, at times their uh, poli- the policies the the effects that their policy might have are delayed. So we may not see the the benefits of a policy until um, much later on. And given that, it's uh, I ask this: uh, What? How do you? Uh, I, I guess I'm not asking for or looking for a specific time period mm-hmm. or a specific time. Uh, but what? How do you determine whether that policy is not just not working out the way? you intended it or that the commission may have intended it. Um, and from that, it's just taking some time for it to, to, for its benefits to come out. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a tough question. <laughs> and like you said, it's hard to, to generalize that. I mean, I think, you know, that's one advantage of, of living here a long time and being involved um, for a long time. I've, you know, it, I mean, those things I voted on at the Planning Commission um, that never came into existence, even today. You know, people wanted to build it. We said they could build it, but they never built it. Mm. <laughs> um, and other things, they, you know, they built quickly, and, and things they, you know, we approved, it was built, and now closed. <laughs> Didn't work out. Um, but I think on a policy yeah. level, certainly there are issues you see that take time. Um, you know, I think we've had a an interesting debate, for example, on the bus system, right? I mean, when we passed that 10, you know, now about 12 years ago, the first time, it, it, well, I guess it was 11 years ago, 
you know, we didn't really have a city bus system. You know, should we pass a 10-year tax to see how it works? Um, and, you know, ridership was low, and we hadn't worked with KU yet, and it was a challenging time, and lots of people wanted to pull the plug. But I think as time has gone on, we've seen it improve and improve, and it's not perfect yet, and we still have a long way to go. But the voters improved it to renew, um, to renew the bus because I think they see it working in the right right direction. So, so yeah, sometimes you just have to wait and watch and see see how time goes. There are other, there are other policies that, um, you know, it's been interesting to me that the, the rental inspection policy was passed. It was a you know, big, big discussion. I can't remember now, six, eight years ago, you know, we didn't have a rental inspection program mm. for landlords. We have one now. But at the time it got passed, six, eight years ago, it was very controversial. Okay. But, but no one's really talked about it until this election. A couple of the other commission candidates are now talking about it and saying, hey, it's time to look at that to see if it's working the way we wanted to do it. It's time to look at that to see how, how it's working. So that's an example of it's been pretty, as, as controversial as it was when it was adopted, it's been pretty quiet. And now I think some candidates want to look at it, and I'd certainly be willing to. But, yeah, I think that's a great question. It's, it's hard to know, but it's one you always have to ask yourself. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and that sort of leads me into uh, the question that we, we explored in, the, in our most recent event in September uh, regarding how to evaluate politicians. And given the sort of limitations that are inherent to city commissioner um, and given that what we just mentioned about delayed effects of, of certain policies. Um, how do you hope people evaluate you now as a candidate and then later on as a, as a commissioner? What do you hope that they look, uh, that they pay attention to? Well, I listened to that podcast, and, and I thought Matt Herbert said it very well when he said that, that no one really, very, very rarely do people in the long run evaluate the city commissioners. Mm -hmm. They evaluate the city commission. You know, for example, I cannot tell you offhand who was on the city commission when the rental inspection program passed. Like I said, it was very controversial, and I know it was a 3-2 vote, but I can't remember who was 3 and who was 2 and even yeah. who was on that commission. Right? I think in the long run, no one will remember specific commissioners, and, and Matt made the point, if it was 4-1 or 3-2, no one knows. And, and, you know, maybe they do the next day, or maybe they remember. But when you look back over the years, people won't, people won't remember the commissioners. They'll remember the decisions and, and w you know, which direction it was going. So that's why I, tr I try to think of that as, the, as a big picture. I can remember lots of votes I made on the planning commission, but no one in the world remembers how I voted. I mean, no one knows. And and if whether or not there was seven to three or eight to two or six, you know, five, you know, six to four, you know, in the long run, no one knows. It's that thing got built or that thing didn't get built. Um, and so um, I don't really think I'll worry so much about me as an individual. I think the important part is, is how we work as a team and how we as a commission come together for the two years that all of us are together, maybe longer, but at least two years, um, there'll be five of us working together, and how can we make good decisions that will positively impact the community for a long time? 
so you mentioned that that um, people may not pay attention to particular decisions that a commissioner makes. Do you think they should? I mean, I think you would like to say that. I mean, yes, I think they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that make more people vote, more people um, understand the votes. You know, that being said, I mean, again, someone could do the math, but you know, you make. 20 decisions every Tuesday night, you know, I don't know, 40, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, again, I'm no good at math, but, you know, 200 votes we take, 300 votes a city commission will take in a year, mm. six or 700 votes they'll take in a two-year term, and, you know, thousands of votes, you know, over a thousand votes they probably take in a four-year term. You know, so many of those votes people won't remember, and, and you can't expect them to. There'll be three or four votes over those four years that people care about. <laughs> rental inspection, the hub, you know. Um, but most people can't remember anything on the agenda from January of 2019. You and I probably pay attention to these things right. very closely, and you and I can't remember anything that was on the agenda in January of 2019. Okay. And so, yes, I think in theory it would be nice, but I think overall... When you're talking about city commission, you're talking about we need people in there you can trust, people in there that you think are doing the right things for the right reasons, and then you just have to trust them to to uh, uh, make the best decisions they can with a group of five and, and be and be trusting in that. That's what our process is. Great. And uh, Brad, before I let you go, final note that you would like to say to the, to the listeners out there and voters? Um, you know, I uh, certainly hope you all get out to vote. I think it is an important um, time in our city. I think, though, it is a time where people are looking to see where where are we going with Plan 2040, with our new climate plan um, that it's going to come into being. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a time in the city with a new city manager where there will be a lot of things happening, important things happening in the next four years. So, again, I'd say, you know, pay attention to the candidates, find people you think that will generally, again, not every vote, don't be a single-issue voter, be someone who says there's there's a lot of issues that are coming forward. Who can best represent me? Who can I trust over the next four years to do a good job and and take that into account? Uh, Brad, thank you, and and the best of luck in in this election. Um, And as Brad mentioned, do get out and vote, uh, and I will second that that note about don't be a uh, single-issue voter. this is a city, and we should all uh, be thinking about what, what is good for Lawrence as a, as a whole. Um, so get out to vote November 5th, uh, or any time between now and November 5th, you can vote. Um, Brad, thanks again for joining us, and thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Thanks.